This is another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare. Hey, everybody. I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital, DeSoto. And hi, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, today I'm so excited that we have Mark Reich from the Lean Enterprise Institute uh, with us. And we're going to be talking about Hoshin Kanari, and uh, we're going to kind of get into that. But until we do that, Mark, would you... um, uh, introduce yourself, tell us about your background, and uh, a little bit about what you do at the Lean Enterprise Institute. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark Reich. I am with the Lean Enterprise Institute. I'm going to qualify our podcast here for a moment. I've got some construction happening in my house. So in case you hear any banging, I apologize. But uh, I, uh, I spent the majority of my career, 23 years, with Toyota. Uh, I joined the uh, Toyota organization in Japan and worked there out of college for six years in product planning. From there, I transferred to the U.S. and I worked for an organization called the Toyota Supplier Support Center. It's a group that helps outside organizations. I know that we worked with hospitals before and uh, other healthcare organizations, but uh, that group was set up by Toyota to share Toyota's know-how around the Toyota production system. Uh, then I spent, I guess, uh, related to the topic of this podcast, Hoshin Conry, I did spend, uh, following that time with uh, the Toyota Supplier Support Center, I spent seven years working in our corporate strategy group in North America at our headquarters here in the Cincinnati area. And I was the general manager of our uh, strategic planning process, which we called Hoshin Conry. Uh, since that time, I left Toyota 10 years ago, it's been now, it seems it's hard to believe, but I left it. I came to uh, the Lean Enterprise Institute and I've been there working with Jim Womack and others since that time. Uh, I was the COO for a lot of that time, uh, but now have I kind of moved. The uh, Lean Enterprise Institute is in Boston. I moved back to Cincinnati and am and primarily uh, uh, promoting Lean around the country through various venues uh, for LEI. Well, Mark, once again, thank you for being here, and, and I get really excited when we have people who have worked with, with Toyota, and, and my goodness, you you worked work for them for 23 years, and that, you know, the, the Toyota Way was one of the first books that I ever read that got me really interested in, in continuous improvement. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about, or we want to talk a little bit about uh, strategy deployment, and you know, a lot of a lot of organizations do strategic employ, deploy, strategy deployment very very well. Others uh, have some opportunity, but today we want to we want to talk about this Hoshin Conry, which is uh, a very specific way of strategy deployment. And, and for our listeners, tell us a little bit about what what Hoshin Conry is. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Hoshin Kanri is a Jap- uh, you know, it's a Japanese word. I'll give you a little bit of a translation to it. And Hoshin is basically your kind of direction. And then Kanri is like manage, uh, kind of is translated as management. So if you want to translate that kind of directly, it's the uh, uh, kind of managing the direction the organization is going. Uh, you know, it, it involves how you establish your vision. 
but it uh, it's fairly in Toyota. We used it fairly concretely around how not only how we established that kind of long vision, long term plan for the organization, but also how do we on an annual basis determine what are the priorities for the organization going to be? Uh, how do we set those maybe to get started? How do we uh, uh, kind of al align to those top few things that really the uh, kind of the organization needs to focus on to make a significant kind of leap in performance? And then how do we build capability to execute on those through uh, something we we refer to as uh, kind of a catch ball, but it's it's vertical and horizontal uh, kind of alignment across the organization. So, you know, you, you referred to this a little bit as deployment. I've never been a big fan of that word because it sounds a lot like something that like the, the uh, general is going to come in. He's going to tell everybody, all the troops, what they're going to do and they're going to get deployed to the field. This is a uh, much more iterative and it's meant to kind of the purpose is meant to really draw thinking out from below. Like uh, the gotcha. bottom okay. and develop uh, innovation from the bottom. So. You know, you talked about um, how it starts with kind of sharing the vision and outlining the plan uh, for the year. Um, I, I think sometimes in healthcare, or maybe maybe this is the truth everywhere, is we we have some some very very great goals, but they're they're very vague and um, not necessarily. Um, I would say it's it hard to find a way to achieve that over the time frame. So w when Toyota was going about um, planning for the year or planning for the next three years, give us some examples of what sort of goals they would set uh, for the organization. Or was it was it vague? Was it specific? Um, how broad did they those goals? Um, how how broad were those goals? And sorry if I'm rambling. No, 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 that's OK. Uh, no, the uh, it's a good question. I think, you know, Toyota's. Uh, it's interesting when you say you set broad goals. Well, you can imagine that if you're thinking about this from a corporate perspective, you know, your entire healthcare system, for example, or in Toyota's case, all of North America, what are we going to focus on? I mean, it, it it's pretty easy to get pretty broad. Uh, I worked with a, a construction company. Uh, this just a couple years ago, you know, and they said, uh, you know, their their broad objective was living injury free every day. OK, that that me so it was an objective focused on kind of safety. You can imagine that healthcare that's probably that kind of probably resonates. But how do how do you like measure that and how do you make uh, how do you ensure that people are kind of that that specific activities are being put in place to try to achieve that goal? So that's that. In Toyota, that was a fairly structured, defined process. We took about three months. You know, it, it, we structured just and I'll give you just an overview here, Jake, so that you have a, that you have a kind of a context for this. You're, you're asking a fairly concrete question. So we, you know, our fiscal year in Toyota ran from April to March. Uh, we would, as soon as the year kind of kicked off and people got out of the, you know, out of the uh, Christmas and New Year's holidays, we would start our planning for the coming year. And that meant uh, defining some high level and a few of them, four or five high level corporate objectives for the organization, the executive team, getting input to those uh, up and down the organization, 
and then kind of defining, okay, how are we going to concretely execute on those things? And uh, so let's just, uh, you know, I, I brought up the uh, topic of safety. That was one, and not not to kind of harp on that subject, but I can remember a year uh, while I was in Toyota and, and leading this effort where we found that safety was critical to the organization because the year before, I mean, you know, we, we work in an industry where it's pretty, uh, the automotive industry has some pretty dangerous equipment around and someone got like very seriously hurt. Uh, I mean, a near-death experience. So the CEO said that should not happen. Safety has to be the priority of everyone. And so the the following year, it became like uh, our number one like priority for the year, Hoshi, our number one Hoshi item. And that meant that we had to start thinking about safety not only about in our not only in our plants, which you can imagine with all with the type of equipment we have, it could be it could, like I said, it could be a it it has the potential for being a dangerous environment. But if you we work those working in the office and administration, how can we be safer? I mean, we learned, for example, one of the things I learned that year was you never walk downstairs with that, with things in your hand and never and not holding the handrail. That's just something that you we learned. So nowadays I go to organizations and people do that all the time. And I and I, uh, you know, it's the easiest way to get hurt, right? You got your people walking down. It happens all the time these days, probably people walking down the stairs with looking at their cell phone and all of a sudden they fall down the stairs. I mean, things like that, that's a pretty concrete example. Things like that become uh, like the 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 goal is how do you take those very high level objectives and cascade those in the organization so they become very concrete, specific things like you don't walk down the stairs with while, while not holding the handrail. Well, well you, you kind of answered my question, Mark, what I was thinking is that you ha- you do have these high level goals and yeah. those get cascaded down and they, they become more more granular, I would think. And maybe they, they might even get down to a line in a sure. plant or, or even exactly. a, a team, a team. And, and um, what kind of over you said you got Toyota would start planning shortly after the holidays. Over what time frame would that would those plans get cascaded down all the way to to the front line? Well, that happened over those three months. So we would start early in January. I guess I didn't really finish explaining that, but we and by April 1st, that started our fiscal year, we wanted to have a new uh, Hoshin in place, our new plan. So during uh, January, February, March, that, you know, that executive team might meet pretty early, like mid-January, and immediately things start to get cascaded up and down because, you know, that 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 executive team might feel these are five or six priorities that are paramount. But if they don't go down and have discussions with some of their key mid-level leaders, I mean, they're not in touch necessarily with like what's happening on the ground and what what activities really need to be like focused on. I mean, the priorities might not change, but the content of what of what the organization might focus on would could could easily change. And so all that happens over the course of like January and February. You know, there's one. But once that company level like Hoshin is established, which includes our objective, specific activities, targets for those activities, and then who's going to lead them. You know, that that kind of that whole structure if you're in, for example, human resources and you have to support this, for example, the safety objective, 
human resource would create their own Hoshi that supports that, that links to that corporate level objective. And that happens over the course of like February. Now, now people aren't working on this stuff full time. I mean, it's just like any industry, you know, you guys, for example, you're in the healthcare industry, you're doctors. You sure. can't, you can't stop being a doctor for three months. Sure. Uh, so uh, this, ha this happened as part of the, you know, they, they would spend, I would say, over the course of those three months, they're spending 10 to 20 percent of their time devoted to this activity. When you when you when you talk about an organization having a true north, I mean, mm -hmm. that is the overall direction that you want the, the company to, to be moving toward. Um, with Toyota. With, I, I know your your year to year goals would change depending on the environment. But does that did their true north ever change? Does that Toyota's, question make sense? Toyota's true north, and then we have a had a kind of a specific definition of that true north, meaning it's a true north in terms of our uh, based on our kind of company philosophy and the Toyota production system. That never changed. I mean, that was basically uh, yeah, build the highest quality, lowest cost vehicle immediately delivered immediately to the customer one by one based on customer demand so we know that we can never achieve immediately i mean if you if you go walk into a dealership and say i want this arrangement of car we can't have that building in your hand that day now you if you can pick something off the showroom floor but if you want a specified vehicle that has to be built but but that's kind of our true north that exists forever how, how can we get as close as we can to being able to deliver to you just in time so earlier you mentioned that it was that you'd only pick a handful, I guess, of, of metrics that you were trying to hit every year. Um, and, and is that true at the top and all the way down or, or in how is every employee working on those same four or five or there would be would it be different at the top versus at the bottom of the organization? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because it's actually very critical. Well, the way you asked that question just now is, very, is a, I think, an important point. Hoshin objectives are not metrics. And I think a lot of organizations think they are, that you just cascade some metrics in the organization. Our Hoshin objective were aspirational goals. Now, they, they, were, they could be pretty concrete. I mean, it could, like the example I gave around safety, establish a safety culture that prevents, that ensures zero accidents occur through the, uh, in, in, 2022 or something. It could be fairly. They could be fairly. Uh, you know, they're concrete. They're not these. They're not only like kind of like vision statements. They're asked. They're concrete objectives. And then, as you as you consider what activities you're going to do, there are targets associated to those activities. For example, like I just gave, continuing on the safety example, we're going to spread safety thinking in administration. I just mentioned that to you. Okay. Well. Maybe you're going to define. I'm going to. We're going to do that across 12 departments, and that's going to be done by the middle of June. I mean, those kind of those kind of either time-based targets or metric or you know metric-based targets are employed uh, um, kind of activity by activity. I think what separate what what's just a clarifying point here. In Toyota, we distinguish between Hoshin Conry, which is those big like big step improvement we want to achieve 
and what we call daily management, which are things that we have to manage every day. You know, those, and those are true in every organization. I've, I've done that kind of work in healthcare, to tell you the truth. I mean, there are things you have to manage every day, right? How many, what's your wait time in the emergency room? What are, how many, like, do you have any slips and falls on, in your in your hospital? Those kind of things are metrics that you manage all the time. Hoshin Conrad things are not those things. Those are things you want the organization to strive for, uh, to achieve, uh, kind of to, to kind of help transform the company. At, at those highest levels, the that that Hoshin Conrad would it be captured in an A3? Is that would they would they put it on an A3? Well, we put it on a let's just or normally that's a. I'm glad you asked that question. It it is uh, we we often measured if we have too many things. It won't fit on one page of paper, and that's kind of the same concept as A3, right? Sure, so sure. Now, it, now the A3, it's not as traditional like problem-solving A3, but it's show it's a document that shows what are the those five to we usually had into five to seven priorities. What are the activities that we'll we'll focus on to to achieve those priorities? What are the targets? Who's the lead? And that's usually a department. It could be a person, and then who's supporting that? One of the things that's uh, I think critical and that I want to accent in this broadcast because everybody talks about it. I teach this a lot and I work with a lot of companies. Is it's easy to establish those high level objectives and say, oh, we'll cascade them. But when you establish high level objectives, those are things that cross over. One department in the organization can't achieve this normally, right? Those are things that are that one area might own, but they have to there has to be collaboration across the company to achieve and often where organizations struggle is not cascading it's the horizontal mm. how do we get alignment to ensure that you know harvey you're going to support jake's jake's uh, you're, you're you're the head of hr and jake is leading in in production is leading an initiative this year and requires your support how do we ensure that you're aligned to that Traditionally, and I'm, I'm actually in the middle of an organization, working with an organization that where this is absolutely the struggle. Uh, you know, they don't between sales and uh, manufacturing and uh, product development, they're like silos. They they function totally like in fairly independently, and consequently, they're having trouble achieving like these really high level goals like profitability and things that are going to help the company. Because they work in silos. Yeah, that's a good point. And certainly we see when we've talked a lot about how we have those in healthcare for sure. No. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier about how it was not. It was not deployed. It was not top down. It was an iterative process where you got a lot of input up from uh, middle managers and, and so on down the line. Um, talk to us a little bit more about how that process actually maps out in, in the real world? Okay. Well, you know, uh, uh, ideally, I mean, it, you know, people think about this as like a thing that you do as opposed to like a, a, this special activity has to be done kind of like separately at a certain point in time. The fact of the matter is if you, if you're a good, if you're, if you were a good leader in Toyota, you understood to a great extent what the challenges were down in the organization, whether it's down to the, like you mentioned, uh, Dr. Mason, down to the front line in the plants or issues in human resources or accounting or whatever those are. 
you know, you that part of you, your job is to understand those issues by going and seeing. And so if you're doing that regularly through the year, uh, you know, the, this hosting process is not this like, it's not like 10 people get together in a room and just have some like, like epiphany about what the company should do. Of course, there's, you know, there are, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, be little things like, like external research on what's happening in the market. Like, of course, we did a lot of studying of what's happening in the automotive market, things like that. But, uh, you know, there, there, throughout the course of the year, and maybe even in this process, there's some, there's more of that frontline, like, in, input. So what would happen, that's kind of all breakout. What I'm saying is the top management might get together and they're going to have a pretty good, actually, sense of, like, these that we think are the top five things already, just based on what they've, just based on daily, like, what they have been, how they have been interacting daily. And so maybe they'll come up with an initial list, but that lit, you know, you ask, how does this hack work? So that top management might come together and make a list of four or five things that they think are key to focus on this this year. And they'll take those back to, the, you know, this is, anyway, these were normally the CEO and VP level people. They'll take those back to their organizations and get some input. This is what we said as a group, are these, and that would happen like quickly, immediately. Like within the next week or so, is this the right? Uh, is this the right set of things? Is this the right focus for the organization? What do you? What input do you have? Have if we were to focus on this thing, how do you think we might approach it? That that type those that type of discussion happens functionally. Then, then the, you know, the leaders get back together again and they say, okay, this is what I'm hearing from the organization. I think this one, we have six. Maybe this sixth one is not so valid, actually. Maybe we should we should be focusing on something else. That, those discussions kind of happen. Once, once after that second meeting, though, one thing is kind of get settled. That's when plans start to get like these, the Hoshin that I explained, that make, that starts to, that A3 you mentioned, Dr. Mason, kind of gets laid out and gets, and then, you know, or the, the functional groups who start to think about how they're going to concretely support those things. Does that help? Does that answer your question? I think so. Yeah, that 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 does help, and you know, it it does take a a certain type of culture in your organization in order to be able to do all this. And and you know, You're right. and in March 2019, everything changed. And how how important is it to be nimble and to be able to pivot? Of uh, you know, during during a global pandemic. Hey Jeff, uh, I, it wasn't until March 2020. I'm pretty sure. Don't March 2020. I'm sorry. Yeah, March 2020. My, my apologies. Unless you knew uh, something that we all didn't know. To our listeners, no, 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 no. I, I misspoke. Sorry about that. No, no, no. So a lot, you know, that's the million dollar question. A lot of people ask that question. And in fact, a lot of people have expressed a lot of interest in Hoshin Connery, particularly since that time. I think. Well, you can imagine if. Uh, in this scenario I just laid out for you, if iteratively the leaders are understanding that and getting the pulse on the front line of how things work and you're building consensus like vertically and horizontally in the organization, when you have to make a big shift, it's not so hard, actually. If you, Now, I would say that, you know, organizations, uh, my experience in doing this with companies, and I'm, and I'm thinking of bigger companies, not not, not a, not a you know, company of like 30, 40 people, but large organizations. I work with G Appliances, for example. I mean, that organ, an organization like that, 
requires actually several years because because for the most part of and I, when I say several years, I mean actually they're PDCA cycles of two, you know, that's only two or three PDCA cycles. If you're thinking of the annual you do this and you learn from it because organizations and leaders in organizations have to learn to work together differently. They, they haven't had the, they haven't thought about, well, I actually, for that to be successful, I have to, I have to get consensus with my peer. And in order to get consensus with him, to some extent, I got to understand what he does, uh, what he or she does. And in order to understand what he or she does, I have to like be open to learning about it. So part of it's culture changing and part of it's just uh, getting into this routine of like learning. I think it's learn how to get more, create more deeper collaboration in the organization. So but I think I think it allows I think organizations that have that pivot very quickly. So you mentioned that you've done some consulting working in the past with uh, hospitals or other people in healthcare. Um, what have you seen? Yes. Where are we? We know that we are at least 50, 60, maybe 150 years behind uh, other <laughs> industries in, in this, um, you know, in continuous improvement oh, thinking. <laughs> you know, uh, how bad is it in healthcare from what you've seen? Well, I don't think, you know, I think healthcare, uh, first of all, you're not 50, 60 years behind. But I do, I think in this, with this particular topic, I mean, healthcare to some extent has an interesting opportunity because I think some of the challenges I've seen working in healthcare is that unlike many organizations, it's often not a pyramidal structure. I mean, you have an administrative uh, group, you've got doctors, which carry a lot of power, and uh, you may have other, you have nurses that to some extent often represent kind of the frontline care for the, for the, uh, for the patient. But I think if you get those, if you can get the lead, the th if you get three people that you can get aligned, like the heads of those groups, you're you're one of those people, Dr. Mason. I mean, you get those three people together. I think it's pretty easy then. I mean, the most the difficult part of Hoshin Kanri is, and it was true in Toyota too. We had challenges as well as we were gradually changing as an organization. The difficulty comes when, uh, you know, there's not you can't get consensus among those three people. So then everything below them you know, is not going to be like aligned because they don't agree. So if I would say get those key, maybe it's not three people, get those key groups in a room and get them aligned to something. And I think it, and then I think it would work, it works well. And I've seen it, I've seen some uh, organizations where it's worked fairly well in healthcare. I think, I showed our hand a little bit earlier when I was asking the question and I asked about how they cascaded the metrics when and, and you corrected me and said that was not really what they were focused on. Um, I think that's what we we focus a lot on, on hitting particular metrics in, in healthcare, not as much on those aspirational goals that uh, you had mentioned. Any, well, any comments on that? No, no. I, I you know, one of the things I, I try to say to people is that Neither one is more important than the other. I mean, if you can't manage your daily work like uh, uh, with stability, it's true intuitive. If we, let's face it, if we can't make good cars every day that are quality that you, when you buy, you feel satisfaction, we can't do some innovative thing. So you have to, they are equally important. You have to be able to manage your, 
you know, you, you have to be able to manage the hospital, the healthcare system on a daily basis. And you need, and you need metrics that are going to measure you for that purpose and that you're going to as, aspire to and you're going to try to improve on. Uh, but at the same time, you all, if you want the organization to change and innovate and be a, like a better uh, healthcare system long term, uh, you need a mechanism to innovate. And that's not that's different from this the, kind of the daily management of, of continuous improvement. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, when, when you say Toyota wants to, you know, provide, you know, build the best the best automobile for the best price. I mean, that's, it's almost like the metrics are built in there. I mean, that's, that's how you define quality and how you define value is, is, you know, quality per value unit or what, or per dollar unit or whatever. So that's real interesting. Well, Mark, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the uh, podcast. Uh, you know, this this subject, I think we could spend several hours talking about it because at a high level, it makes a lot of sense. If you can get everyone pulling in the same direction, you know, wow, what's the leverage, the impact that you could have? The challenging thing is just that, right? Uh, you know, I, I always That's say right. that sometimes leadership gets into uh, management ADD. You know, the next shiny ball that comes along they can they tend to go towards that and so you know really trying to get people focused i remember having a friend once tell me that strategy was not about what you said yes to it was about what you said no to you know that's right and uh so i just want to thank you on behalf of baptist memorial healthcare thank you so much for your time thank you for the great work that you're doing at the lean enterprise institute uh just thank you for speaking and teaching us about this work and we just really appreciate uh you coming on the podcast and and sharing us your thoughts and your pearls of wisdom well thank you very much for having me uh skip and uh both dr lancaster and dr mason it was you get you had wonderful questions they were it was an excellent set of questions thank you very much for for having me on thank you mark thank you thank you so much all right Thank you.